Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Dan, and it's our Friday roundtable edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So you've got me, Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Maurice, and Scott Patsko, and we're talking extensions. We go through the key players who are eligible for extensions, and we vote. Do we do it this offseason? Do we wait till next offseason? Do we plan to use the franchise tag on somebody next offseason? So we go through Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller, Ronnie Harrison. We can throw David and Joku into the mix. So check that out coming up on the Friday Roundtable pod. Make sure you check out Football Insider as well. Here's what you get. A newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day written by a member of our staff. I wrote today's. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can be part of our texting, which a lot of people, the folks who are in it, really, really enjoy. So it's cleveland.com slash browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. Click that to get more info and get signed up. Okay, here's our Friday Roundtable on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. All right, we are talking extensions here on Friday's Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our roundtable edition, and we're going to vote on what we want to do with each of these extension-eligible players. We'll either sign them to an extension now, wait to sign them, franchise tag them next year, or in some cases, maybe we just have to let them walk, depending on what their status is after this season. Let's just start with the big one, Baker Mayfield. This is one of the biggest decisions Andrew Barry is going to have to make. It's the quarterback. Uh, We've seen a lot of guys get paid recently. Sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it hasn't. So the question with Baker Mayfield is how should the Browns approach this now? Who's on board with just doing this, just getting it done? Is anyone just going to make the case for just do it this year and be done with it? I'm not against that. I'm not hellbent on that. I think he's the guy. I think they should think he's the guy. I think they do think he's the guy. I'm not scared off by Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. So if you want to do it now, do it now. And I do think that Mary Kay has brought this up at enough times that I think it is an important thing to think about. I'm sure you guys are thinking about it. And I'm curious to hear what you say. There's the financial part of this and the, the roster building and the salary cap management. And there's the personal part of this. And so I don't know what I think of like, well, if you don't do it now and you make him do like another prove it year, does that motivate him? And he goes out and is awesome. And you win a a Super Bowl with a quarterback who's trying to prove for the last time he's a franchise quarterback. Or if you give it to him now, is it like you're our guy? And he's like, I'm their guy and I'm here long term. And that settles him in and makes him a better player. Like, I, I do think that kind of stuff matters. I don't know what the right answer is. 
But if Andrew Barry thought one of those two, from a non-financial perspective, made Baker play better in 2021, then I'm in favor of that. But I, I don't know which one it is. Doug out. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, Mar- Mary Kay, you've made the case for waiting. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Uh, yeah, I think that in, in a perfect world, I and if I were running the team, I would wait uh, for a number of reasons. The first one of those reasons would be purely financial. Once they sign him to this extension, they have to pay him that upfront signing bonus right away. So instead of accruing some interest on your whatever that would be, you know, $30 million or whatever that's going to be, uh, you're paying that out this year. And then in addition to that, you are setting your salary structure because this is going to dictate your roster building for the next four or five years. So you're really making uh, that decision right now and, and you're moving forward with it. You're committing those big dollars right now, really before you've seen him put together one full good season. Now, as Doug mentioned, and we've all talked about before, we're all pretty sure that they are confident that he is their guy. And when we say their guy, we mean the guy that can win Super Bowls for them because that's where the bar is set. So they feel that he can do that. So there, you know, a case can be made. Just go ahead and do it now. Uh, but from a financial standpoint, and just from a cautionary tale standpoint, like we've talked about before, with the, you know, with the last four quarterbacks who have done these extensions after their third seasons, as we've mentioned many times, only one of them is in a happy marriage with his ball club. And that is Patrick Mahomes. So there, there are a lot of reasons why you might want to wait. And there are some reasons why you would want to do it now. One of the reasons why you w- would want to do it now is if you do get caught up in extension mania and Josh Allen signs his Lamar Jackson signs his, it might send the wrong message. I mean, it might just, say to people, we're not sure if we have our guy in a year when you're trying to win the Super Bowl, right? And you, you don't want that hanging over the club. You want the momentum to be carried from now all the way through uh, the, the tail end of the season. So therefore, you might want to just seize the moment and have those good feelings going on. From Baker's standpoint, real quick, it, it could go either way for him too. There are pros and cons for him. I mean, if he does take the team to the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl and makes the Pro Bowl and is a top five quarterback, he stands to make a lot more money. His market value right now is thirty five point two. Some of the other guys are more closer to the forty million dollar range. So he can make more money, but they can fix that this year by adding in incentives. So it's really not a hard problem to fix. He he can achieve the forty million dollars a year through performance based incentives in terms of touchdowns, Pro Bowls, victories, or whatever. I would still wait, but a a strong case can be made if the other two guys get theirs done and everybody's super happy about that for the Browns to go ahead and get this done. I vote for now plus incentives. I like Mary Kay's now with incentives. I I think you sign him now. I Look, yeah, if you wait another year, you're going to have more data and more things to consider. It's it's not like he was – stinking up the joint over the first half of last season also I think we talk a lot about how he got better over last season but he was pretty good throughout last season if you want to wait and and Baker obviously has a say in this maybe he doesn't want to sign a contract until after the season because of the whole salary cap situation and 
he wants to know exactly how much he can make and he wants to see what, you know, what other players do. There's that side of it. But if you're the Browns, I think you try to sign him now and just get that over with because you can have your quarterback in place for what you believe is a window of like serious success here. And I think showing loyalty to him could probably, is going to have a positive effect that gets to the whole personal side of things that Doug was talking about. You show that you're committed to your quarterback at the beginning of this, that's got to have positive value for your team. And to me, I think Baker's shown enough to, to be considered the guy for whatever, however long this window is. Mary Kay, if you were the GM of the bills or the GM of the Ravens, would you do Allen and Jackson this offseason, or would you apply the same thinking? And of course, it's different. Lamar has an MVP. Josh Allen was an MVP panel last year. So obviously, that factors in. I'm just curious how you would view them if you would do Josh Allen tomorrow if you wanted to. I probably would go ahead and do them because, you know, they have Pro Bowls. They've either made MVP or already been an MVP candidate. So I might go ahead and do them. The only reason why I might not go ahead and do them right away would be just that financial discussion we had before about having to go to the bank and get out $30 million right now and pay out that signing bonus, as opposed to letting that money grow for you and do something for you for the next year. Probably not a huge deal breaker, but it's there. But those guys, I think they're in a little bit of a different situation. They've been in the same system for a number of years. For the most part, they've been kind of in, you know, in the same system since they got into the league. This will be Baker's only his second year in, in the new system. For the first time in his career, he'll have carryover. Uh, and I think there is something to be said for seeing how that all goes. But the bottom line here, so yes, I probably would do those guys this year. The bottom line is, I think it's, it's going to happen for Baker Mayfield. And I think we can all agree on that. It's really just a matter of when, not if. I have a TV analogy I want to make, mm-hmm. but do we, I'm worried about spoilers. Do you guys watch This Is Us? Who watches This Is Us? I don't. Anybody? I don't. I don't watch it either, but my wife and my daughter do. So you're walking through to get some pretzels and it grabs you for 20 minutes. So anyway, so Kevin's getting married, right? If you watch This Is Us and you haven't watched this week's episode, stop listening. Not full time. Just fast forward for two minutes. So Kevin's about to get married, right? And his wife is like, I don't think you're in love with me. And he's like, I am. But he can't say I'm in love with you. He won't say it. But he's like, I love our family. I think our love will grow, right? But he can't say, I'm in love with you. And she says, I can't marry somebody who's not in love with me. So I think if Kevin was marrying Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, he'd say, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. But if Baker Mayfield asked Kevin, are you in love with me? I was screaming at the TV, Kevin, just lie. Just say that you're in love with her. And then just fake it till you make it, brother. I think the Browns are in a, even if you're not 100% sure that you're in love with Baker Mayfield, If you think the Ravens and the Bills are in love with their guys, just lie and let the love grow. I wouldn't want to hold back on like the 20%. I'm not sure I'm all the way there. Everybody's at the wedding. And then Lamar and Josh are getting married and all their friends are going to talk. It's been like, I can't believe Baker's not married yet. Just get 
through it. Like, I, I don't think the Browns are in a situation that Jersey is 25 quarterbacks long. I don't need a hundred percent love. I'm married. I'm ready to get married on 80% love. So Mary Kay, the reason I did ask you that is all those other things, like financially, all the structures are in place for the Ravens, the bills too, but it's like, they're just, there's no hesitation. I, if I were the Browns, I would pretend that Baker has an MVP and I'm not being stupid about that. He doesn't, but you know what? He did have a million offensive coordinators. This has been jacked up. Just pretend he's an MVP and then act how you would act if that was the case. And then I think you'd get married. Kevin should have lied. The Baker should sign. The Brown should sign Baker now. And we forgot to tell you guys, our listeners, that this is the first episode of our Get In Your Feelings podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It happened by accident. You're so right. It's either that or our, this is this is us recap pod. <laughs> oh. oh, if you're not in love, just lie and say you are. That's my advice for the day. We keep mentioning Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and obviously those two have, you know, Lamar has an MVP. Josh Allen was great last year. Are you 100% sure if you sign those guys for five years, however many millions of dollars, that you won't regret those contracts in a couple of years? I mean, Josh Allen has done it for one year. But Lamar Jackson, there's still Ravens fans out there that don't know if he can throw outside the numbers. Love so is, I, I think there's doubt with those guys too. Love is fickle. When do you ever really know for sure? <laughs> but, but you don't know until you make the leap. Because it is one of those things like, Dan, I think, I mean, it's like for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. How many quarterbacks in the league fit that? But if everybody sits around and waits until for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, everybody's going to be letting their quarterbacks walk as free agents because nobody's Patrick Mahomes. So I think Dan, you make a good point, but I mean, Mary Kay's right. There's levels to all this, right? I mean, Baker's not as established as Lamar Jackson and and Josh Allen, but they aren't established as, as Patrick Mahomes, but there's very rarely a hundred percent quarterback certainty in this league. So if you're pretty close, I think you got to jump, but Dan, you make a good point. I'll make the case for Baker waiting too. And I've made it here on the pod before, so I won't go long here, but Baker could look at this and say he's going to wait because I think if the Browns did it now, and I don't think you should pinch penny when when you're talking quarterbacks, uh, whatever you pay them what you pay them. But I think the Browns could probably pay Baker now less than they might have to next year. And so Baker might be, be willing to say, I'll wait a year. That's fine. And then next year you've got to give me the, the biggest contract this side of Patrick Mahomes. I think there's a benefit there for Baker to wait too, if he plays like he did in the second half of last season. Well, even though, even though the Ravens have come out, Eric DaCosta has come out and professed his undying love for Lamar Jackson. They haven't made any promises that this is happening this off season, this summer for them. And I don't think the bills have really done that either. I mean, these are big numbers for these guys and big commitments and I mean, it, it, there really is not a whole lot of harm for the club in waiting. What we're talking about mostly would be a PR issue, a perception issue. There's not a whole lot of downside for the club. For the player, there, there could be because they could tear an ACL. They could have a ruptured Achilles. So for the player, there is inherent risk in this. Uh, but for the club, maybe not so much. And, and who knows? I mean... Who knows? What if Brian Dayball leaves Buffalo and and Josh Allen is never the same, the same way that Carson Wentz was never the same without Frank Wright in Philadelphia? I mean, things do change. So if I'm the club, I'm going to be risk averse and I'm going to wait. But 
it might not work out that way. All right. So let's figure this out. <laughs> so, so what did we all actually think? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, got, we got a vote on this. If, if we're going to do Baker this offseason or if we're going to wait. And remember, we also are, are sort of framing this in the context of there's other extensions we're going to discuss here. This isn't just in a vacuum. So we're about to discuss Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. And, you know, so there's a lot of money to hand out. And, and that could be a part of this, too, which is why I'm actually going to vote to wait. And it has nothing to do with Baker or my faith in Baker, but I'm going to vote to wait because I've got to hand out a bunch of money to other guys, a bunch of guaranteed money to other guys. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to vote to wait on a lot of other guys on this list. So I'm going to. Are you are you saying all that in front of Baker? I want to wait because <laughs> I got to give other I, guys. I don't have to say all that in front of Baker. What I'm saying to Baker is, hey, we're going to take care of you. You just wait and you be the hero in the locker room because you let all your other guys get paid first. That's what I'll, that's what I'll tell Baker. <laughs> and then next year you're going to get Dak Prescott, the Dak Prescott's right. contract. Right. I'm going to wait. So my hey. daughter, we had a party because their school year ended. And so my, we, my daughter had some friends over and we went to the store and we were buying those little bags of chips that you get in the pack of like 24. And we didn't just buy one pack of 24 chips. We bought two packs of 24 chips. Ooh. And my daughter said, are we rich? And I said, no, we're not rich. We just blow money. <laughs> so that's what I would advise the Browns to do. And I would just do it. And now, but I, like not insist, but I like sit down with Baker and see where you both are. And if you're both at do it now, do it now. And what Mary Kay said, whatever, it's not a Mahomes contract, but there's like incentives that can get you to Mahomes if you're whatever. And the MVP or you win the Super Bowl, that kind of thing. But I like now with incentives that allows him to say, well, I'm not going to lose out on money if I actually turn out to have a great year, right? Which would be why he wouldn't want to do it, but take care of it. And then you don't have to tell him, Scott, which I like your point. Yeah, if, if Baker's willing to sign now, then I think you do it now. He's got progressive money, right? It's not all about the money with him. Yeah, you can wait and, and maybe you get more. But I think, again, there's a commitment part of this and a window part of this. And if he's willing to, I think you definitely sign him now. We're going to end up tied on this, Mary Kay. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I came up with such a brilliant idea with the incentives. <laughs> I have often said general manager, Mary Kay Cabot. I mean, like the NFL just has to come around on it. I like where your head's at though. You know, I feel like I've talked myself into that. I mean, it's a win-win for everybody, right? But because I have been beating the weight drum for so long, I feel disingenuine coming off of that position right now, just because I have come up with such a great idea. I do like the idea of the 35 million plus incentives, but I am still going to vote for weight. And if I were talking, talking to Baker about it, I would say, just go out and bet on yourself and break the freaking bank this year. Make it so that nobody has any doubts about you, so that you hit the ground running from week one and that you knock everybody's socks off. And I mean, I, I think I told you guys, I was on a national radio show and the person like kind of laughed at me when I mentioned that maybe he could make $40 million a year if he waits. I don't think it's that funny, actually. I, I think it could happen. So I'm going to be in the wait camp. So we're tied. We didn't discuss tiebreakers here. No, we didn't. We've always let the host break ties in the past. Dan, you get an extra half vote. So we also have a videographer. In the <laughs> we do. We do. 
<laughs> we do. And, and he would get great content out of doing an extension with Baker. I think we're just at an impasse here. We're at an impasse. So I, I think we have to wait, right? Well, I think the impasse reflects like what the, if they sat down, if Andrew Barry and Baker sat in a room, right? I mean, there's enough good arguments on both sides, you know, that I think, I think there's a world where they could both agree to go. They could both agree to wait. They might be split one way. They might be split the other, but I think it's okay. Right. I don't think there's a bad outcome here. Like, right. I don't think it's enough that it's like, oh, if they don't get it done or if Baker wants to do it and the Browns don't or the Browns want to do it and Baker doesn't, is it? I don't think it's something they should be fighting about. Dave's checking in. Go ahead, Dan, read that. <laughs> he, he said, uh, he said, I would have voted to wait. All right. From so our videographer, Dave Anderson. And, and like I said, we were at an impasse. So, you know, we can't make big decisions like this. If, if we're at an impasse, we're a smart organization. So let's move on. Speaking of smart organizations to a running back. Nick Chubb, are we extending Nick Chubb this offseason? Or do we think that we can just kind of plug and play? Now, Nick Chubb is different than Baker. Nick Chubb's a free agent after this season. So we've got to make some decisions here on him. And remember, the franchise tag is in play too. So if we all decide we just want to franchise Nick Chubb next year, we can do that. But the case for Nick Chubb, face of the franchise in a way, one of them, uh, he's an elite-level running back. The case against is every time you say this is the guy you have to pay, it's never the guy you have to pay. What are you guys doing with Nick Chubb? Extend now, no question. But at what cost? I, I want to throw I want to throw numbers out there too on him if, mm-hmm. if you've got them. I have no numbers. We've talked about this though, that he's not quite the McCaffrey, Derrick Henry level workhorse in terms of touches, at least the way they used him last year. He has been that before though. So I think there is a world where he's like not quite Derrick Henry because they just Derrick Henry gets the ball 50 times a game, but he's certainly right there otherwise. So like top five back in the league, maybe not number one, but like in range of that. So uh, like whatever that would be. But I think like if he says like, I've got to get Derrick Henry money, it's like Derrick Henry's our whole offense. You know, we don't quite use you that way, which is actually good for you. So a shade below that. Let's get back to the incentives. I've talked about this many, many times when it comes to Nick Chubb. They did something very similar with Kareem Hunt last year. They were able to get Kareem Hunt under contract at a pretty reasonable rate. They protected themselves in the event that anything happened to him off the field or he wasn't able to fulfill all of his commitments. uh, And yet he had the opportunity to make more money. This is an analytics-based front office, as we all know, and they do things kind of by the book that way. But as we're learning with them, we should never paint them into any kind of an analytics corner or any other corner because it's a growth mindset group and they will do really whatever works for them and they don't have a rule book that they have to follow. So I would try to do the very same kind of thing with uh, Nick Chubb that I did with Kareem Hunt. I would try to sign him to an incentive-laden contract that protects both sides. And maybe it's not necessarily a four-year deal. Maybe you go shorter with him. Maybe you give him an opportunity to make a bunch more money in the first two years and then revisit it later. Maybe it's not a four-year contract or a five-year contract. I would get very creative. And you can do that because you have the smartest people in the NFL in your front office. So I would work with different contract lengths. I would work with different structures. I would work with different incentives and I would try to get something done 
this off season so that you're not sending him forth into the final year of his contract with basically no protection against a, a serious injury and then having to franchise him after the year, which would give you Nick Chubb at two years for a reasonable price, but he's enough of a sort of face of the franchise guy. He's important enough to your community, to your city. He transcends the position in many ways in good faith to show the world, this is how you treat your homegrown players that you love. I would do him this off season. Yeah, I agree. I would, I would sign him to an extension this off season. And, and like Mary Kay said, try to do a shorter deal because again, we were talking about a running back and no matter how good Nick Chubb has been, he's still a running back in the NFL and you don't want to be in a situation three, four years from now when you're paying way too much for a guy who's got issues or not living up to what he was the past couple of seasons. It's just, and then you try to get through to him and make him understand how great of a situation he's in right now with Kareem Hunt in the same backfield and how that can prolong his career as opposed to going somewhere else where he, where he's getting Derrick Henry kind of work. Most running backs who, who top 300 carries in the season don't fare very well after that. Derrick Henry has been kind of the exception. We'll find out if Dalvin Cook's the exception uh, next season. But that's really important, I think, to, to throw into the negotiations that this situation is really good for Nick Chubb, but do not sign him to a long-term deal. As, as we're talking about this, by the way, this is convenient timing. Adam Schefter tweets that Todd Gurley is in Detroit today to visit with the Lions. Todd Gurley, who was one of those running backs that you absolutely had to pay, and there's no way you can't pay him, is in Detroit today and not with the Rams. But that being said, I'm still doing it. And I would go, I mean, I mean I'll put a number on it. I would go four years, somewhere in the neighborhood of $13 million a year, and I'd make sure that I could get out of that contract. Like most of these other contracts that these running backs have signed right around that age 28 season, I'd give myself the flexibility. I'd put a ton of it up front. Then I'd go after that second year, really, I'd, I'd be going like year by year with them. But to the point about the Rams, they signed a young quarterback who bombed and they signed a running back who then got hurt and wasn't himself. And both those guys are gone and people think they might have a chance to make the Super Bowl this year. Like, it's not like the Rams are going to go three and 13 or three and 14. Right. I mean, like it's, and, and, and it's like, if you're a smart franchise, sometimes you just have to do stuff. And then if it doesn't work out, you're still smart. You still have other good players keep going. But like some part of it is like, there are no guarantees, but that I, I think, I think too much hesitation is worse than signing deals you believe in. And some of them don't work out. All right, so I think we're all on the same page here with, with Nick Chubb that uh, we're, we're going to do a deal. I realized that a few minutes ago, I probably caused Mary Kay's heart to stop as we're talking extensions. And I say, mm-hmm. Adam Schefter tweeted. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. Well. yes, you did. In fact, <laughs> you guys won't be listening to this until Friday. All this talk of extension. I am very nervous today. <laughs> I feel, I feel an extension coming on and I think I'm going to, once we get done with this, I'm going to go write like four just in case extension stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to Denzel Ward. And th- this is a big money one right here. If the Browns do it much like Baker Mayfield, obviously not as big as a quarterback extension, but it is a corner extension. Denzel Ward, uh, the number four overall pick back in 2018, 
does have that fifth year option that the Browns exercise. So he is not a free agent after this season. So no franchise tag to discuss here. I, I will. I'm genuinely curious what you guys think about this. If you do it this off season, how much you, how much you pay, what, who wants to go first? Who's got a case for or against doing a Denzel Ward extension this season? Or is this one going to be a no-brainer? I think it's a no-brainer. Once again, when you're dealing with the Baker Mayfield contract, it's, it's, a, it's the kind of money that will dictate how you can build your roster over the next four or five years. The Denzel Ward money does not fall uh, into that category. You can afford Denzel Ward and he is one of your homegrown guys. You know what he is. You know what you're going to get out of him. Once again, I would still kick in a little bit of extra money for, you know, 17 games played. I, I would do. I would throw in a few incentives because he has a tendency to miss three or four games a season with some soft tissue injuries or whatever. So I would probably go down that road. But still, he's a Pro Bowl cornerback. They're hard to find. You drafted him. Not only did you draft him, not only did the Browns draft him, but Andrew Barry was here in the personnel department when he was drafted. So it's, it's not like he uh, was just a John Dorsey guy. He is an Andrew Barry guy as well. And at the, his market value is around $18 million. And by the time you get to that point where you have to start paying that money to him, the salary cap will have gone up exponentially because of these astronomical television deals. And that number is not going to look that bad to you when you get there. So I would go ahead and do him and I wouldn't hesitate. I don't really know how football works. You can franchise tag a guy twice. Is that right? Yes, but yeah. you wouldn't have to like Denzel's under contract for this year. Now. Right. So if, if Denzel's under contract in 21 and 22 and you tag him in 23 and tag him in 24, that's seven years into his career. That's the next four years. That's the prime time of this window. If you're signing Baker, you've got Miles signed, you've got Chubb signed. Is that a good use of the franchise tag? And it's, it ensures that he's here another four years? Or would that be a bad use of that? I don't like using the franchise tag on a player like Denzel. Okay. I, I would rather save it for, I mean, there's a couple guys that we're going to talk about here in a minute and we wouldn't be talking about next year's franchise tag, obviously, but right. I, I'd rather save that for, for guys that like, you know, we're going to talk about Wyatt Teller, Ronnie Harrison, David Njoku coming up. And those guys might be candidates to get franchised this coming off season. Now you obviously can only do one. I'd rather use it for a guy that I'm not sure I want to have. I'm not sure I can keep around long-term, but I don't want to let him leave necessarily. Or, you know, you can use it like the Titans used it on Derrick Henry to make sure that he didn't go sign elsewhere. And then they negotiated a long-term extension with him. That, that's kind of how I'd rather use it than to use it on a cornerstone piece like a Denzel Ward. Are we sure Denzel Ward's a top 10 corner in the NFL? And everything that means, like, are we, are we a hundred percent sure? And if he's not, how does that affect it? I'm just, I'm not against it. I'm just, I think it's possible every now and then we think Denzel's a little better than he is. And that might not be fair. He's a very good player, but we're talking about big money extensions. I'm just asking Scott's ready to go. Scott, I think has something loaded. Scott have our, our next gen stat for us that came out this week. I'm waiting because I want to see what Greg Newsom is. I want to see where Greedy Williams is. Yeah, Denzel was a pro, is a Pro Bowl cornerback, but he was a Pro Bowler three years ago now. And if I'm going to give big money 
to him. I want to be certain that I need him. And I think Doug is make, makes a good case. Is Denzel everything that everybody ex- says he is? He's good. He's he's one of the top corners. He's been in the top 20. Like, if you want to go by PFF grades, he's been in the top 20 since he came in the league pretty much except for 2019. But I want to see what Greg Newsom is. And if Greg Newsom goes out and has a Pro Bowl season as a rookie the way Denzel did, then I'm maybe rethinking how much I need to pay Denzel Ward going forward. Well, the stat I was referencing was he was next-gen stats, highest ball hawk rated player in the league uh, among all corners, above Xavier Howard uh, and, and other guys like that, uh, a ball hawk percentage of 24.3% from next-gen stats. I'm doing it. I, I think he's really good. I think he's a really good corner. I, you know, I'm concerned about the missed games, but it's it hasn't been – it's not like he's missed 10 games a year. You know, he's had those, those four games a year and yeah, you got to account for that. And maybe, and that absolutely comes up in negotiations. I I mean, I would make this a priority. I I would maybe make him the priority. This, if I'm doing extensions for guys, I I would maybe get that corner position locked up. You know what? Here's another thing to consider. Let's say for instance, that you need a starting cornerback and there are some good ones on the market available as free agents, you are going to overpay for those players like you would not believe because cornerbacks are going to hit the jackpot on the free agent market. So why not wrap your guy up, especially again, as we said, before these prices uh, begin to climb under the the new collective bargaining agreement by the time and under the new um, cap, by the time you get to this new money for him, the, the amount that you're going to have to pay him in this contract, it's just not going to look that bad. I mean, it, like he might be under market by that time. So I think this one is, is actually also a no brainer. I'm not going to fight it. I, I wouldn't prioritize him as maybe as high. I, I would, I, if I think about like, how do I say this? This is, I see these conversations are hard because it's like Denzel Ward's a great player, obviously. If I think about could the Browns win a Super Bowl without Nick Chubb? the way they kind of are right now. I kind of, even as good as Kareem Hunt is, right? We saw what happened when Nick Chubb didn't play last year. Like as good as Kareem Hunt is, I kind of think no. And like, I wouldn't want to try. Could they win a Super Bowl without Denzel Ward? Well, with the pass rush they have, and they just drafted Newsom, and they do, like, I'm not discounting his value. But I don't think it's important possible so i just maybe that's wrong maybe there are people screaming at their phones right now thinking what are you saying no you need a number one corner in this league it's a passing league and that's probably right but that's just i don't know he's just slightly lower on the priority list for me but i might be totally wrong i guess how much is too much so jalen ramsey got that hundred million dollar deal i don't think we're looking at that necessarily although denzel might be looking at that well is that not part of the conflict here like would you give him jalen ramsey money like if, if that's what he says, you just cited the the Superman fly ball Spider-Man stat. What is the thing? What did you say? He's the Spider-Man ball, stat ball in the hawk, air. Great. Ball hawk stat. Whatever that means. <laughs> the ball hawk stat. He's got the best ball hawk stat. That's Jalen Ramsey money. Would you give him Jalen Ramsey money if that's what he wanted? No, there, there are tears. I mean, I wouldn't give him a ton less than that, but that's an average of $20 million a year. And that's really the... Uh, the conversation that's the language that you use when you're talking about 
how a guy is paid. You're not, you don't talk necessarily in terms of, you know, signing bonus or total amount of money. It's usually the average uh, of what they make each year. Jalen is at, is at $20 million. I'd go a little bit less than that. I'd go in the $17 million a year range, probably. Good, really, really good cornerbacks are hard to find. You drafted him. He's one of your own guys. He's a Cleveland guy. It's one of those things where if you have to overpay a little bit, so be it. I think it would be worth it. Marlon Humphrey did five years, 97 and a half. So I think if you're, do, if you're doing it, you'd probably have to draw that line at, I, I don't know if you're going under 90 for a five-year deal, but I would still do it though. So is that where we're at? Are we, are we three? Are, are we voting? Do it, Doug, you were, you were a little reluctant. No, we're, so I guess you're two. the guy. I mean, yeah. Cause Scott would be wait. You and Mary Kay are go. I mean, I don't, I don't want to wait to make anybody mad. I don't want to, I don't want Denzel to be mad at me. So. <laughs> this is the feelings they, podcast. <laughs> I know. They won a playoff game without him. They won a playoff game with Robert Jackson playing corner instead of Denzel Ward. And that Kelsey route, listen, I get it. He's Travis Kelsey, but the Kelsey route is like the one of the last things in our heads from the Chiefs game, right? That's unfair. I, I'll go along with it, but it's just not my first priority, but I'll go along with it and leave Scott on an island. Man, Scott, I can't believe you don't want to sign Denzel Ward. Wow. <laughs> Listeners are going to be mad. I didn't say Scott. I didn't want to sign him. I want to wait. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm and waiting. That, and there's a whole Ohio State factor here that we also – have to discuss right i mean doug you have to have a little bit of loyalty to the buckeyes there i mean he's never left the state i don't want denzel to have to leave ohio so <laughs> yeah he's a great guy let's move on to our uh, our next two guys here we've got wyatt teller who will be a free agent after this season this is a tough one it's a guard he was really good against he was really good in the run game, struggled a little bit in the pass game, but you've got to think with another year under Bill Callahan and, and how he improved that he's got a chance to get better as a pass blocker. What are we doing with Wyatt Teller here? This is an expensive offensive line already. So what are you doing with Wyatt Teller? Is this a franchise tag guy? Is this a guy that you use your tag on? And the cost for that, and this is the pro, one of the problems with the franchise tag. It's not divided up. So your cost for your franchise tag cost for Teller would be $13.7 million. That's based off of this year's number. So obviously it'll be a different number, but just to put it in perspective, it was 13.7 this past off season. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because his market value per year is, is double digit millions. It's somewhere around $11 million, maybe even a little bit more than that, almost $12 million a year. As you mentioned, this is getting to be a very expensive offensive line you can't have every single player on your football team in double digit millions but he did make a case he did make a strong case he played very very well I'm a little torn on this one I want to hear what the rest of you guys have to say I think it's no way on a contract I, I, to what you just said you can't you're you're paying Treader, you're playing Batonio you're paying Conklin Wills is a first round pick when it's time is going to get his are we sure how much of Wyatt Teller is Wyatt Teller and how much is Bill Callahan and like, could if you in a year, could he turn James Hudson into Wyatt Teller's replacement, like a big athletic mauler that they slide to guard and let Bill Callahan go to work? Like, this is why you draft. You have to be able to replace guys like this. Like, if we want to have a tag conversation, I get it. I just don't think this is it all. And I do think he struck the the past. It's like he's he's really good at one thing. He's not great at the other thing which matters because like that affected them in the chiefs playoff game. Like, I just don't think this is like a 
double digit millions guy. And this is the kind of thing that Browns fans have to get used to. And then if he, but if he would leave as a free agent, they get a comp pick, right? Would he be a guy they get a comp pick for? Mm-hmm. Which is like yeah. Ellis keeps talking about. That's how the Ravens build their thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, listen, you got him for nothing. This is one of John Dorsey's best moves out of nowhere. And this guy becomes this. Let somebody else overpay him, take the comp pick and develop the backup behind him. If you want to tag him for a year, okay. If that fits with everything else, I just, I just, this is not the type of player that a team with all these other guys can sign long term, I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree with, with, with that. You don't, you don't need the best run blocking guard in the NFL to make this offense work, or at least you shouldn't. If I'm why I tell her I'm not signing anything, if I'm why I tell her I want to get to free agency because <laughs> I'm a guard and I, I might be able to reset the market here. So I don't see the Browns throwing big money at that, at that spot. Not when they've already, you know, got Joel Petonio making a lot of money. So, yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you sign Teller. You, you hope to get another year out of him and then you move on. Doug, in the same way that you didn't want Denzel to be mad at you, I don't know if I want a guy who kills a gator and then carries him across a whole entire swampland to be mad at me either. But having said that, you guys make strong points. I mean, the Titans let Jack Conklin go. Okay. I mean, there is only a a, a certain amount of money that you can invest in a position. You know, I I mean, if, if you had to pick and choose, this might be an area where you could be a little bit judicious. I'm sure they'll try. I'm I'm sure sure they will make every effort to sign him at at a price they feel is right for him. Not entirely sure that they will be able to, to meet on, on that salary. And this is Doug, like you were saying, this is sort of where you have to trust your drafting a little bit, whether it's Hudson or, I mean, look, Nick Harris, I, I don't know. He, he didn't look very good when he played guard uh, against the giants, but I'm sorry, it was against the jets, but you know, maybe he gets better, right? He didn't get much of an opportunity or maybe he's your center of the future, something like that, but you've got to trust your drafting, whether it's Hudson or Harris or somebody you pick next year. I think you have to trust that. I would make a case to franchise tag him if he is good again this year and he shows that improvement in the passing game. And you know what? You just pay a bunch of money for him for a year or you work out a, a more palatable extension or a contract with him under that franchise tag. But it sounds like we're voting to not do it this off season at least. So that brings up Ronnie Harrison and he's an interesting one came over here surprisingly dealt with some injuries last year, which is not something that had really been in his career past was really good. We know this team values safety. They just paid John Johnson though, a bunch of money. Grant Elpit is coming back. How do we approach Ronnie Harrison here? Again, maybe another tag candidate. I think you approach Ronnie Harrison with Richard LeCount. Again, trust your drafting. It's one of those things. It's like you can't go from like, no, we didn't know who Ronnie Harrison was in camp last year. If someone would have said, Ronnie Harrison, is he a guitar player or is he an NFL safety? (laughs) We would have been like, I don't know, because he played in Jacksonville. And then all of a sudden, it's a great move by the Browns. They get him for what, a fifth round pick? Is that what the trade was? And then he comes here and he, he does have injuries, as you said, Dan. It's like he played every snap. And they eased him in at times, but like it did feel like at times because their defense was so bad in a lot of ways, he felt indispensable compared to Andrew Zendejo and Carl Joseph. It was like, oh my God, 
Oh, Ronnie Harris. But now he's, if they're going to play three safeties, he should be the third best safety. I just think this is another guy that's like, wow, what a great trade. Did we get a couple good years out of him? Richard LeCount's like a mid-round pick from the SEC. Give him a year to develop. I just, I just don't think we can pretend if this defense is going to make a jump forward. Ronnie Harrison was like the what? Fourth best player on the defense last year, maybe? Fifth, third? I don't know. Like this he year, was the second. I think Ronnie Harris was the, was the second best player on the defense. Ahead of Denzel. If you're, talking about, if you're talking about consistency over the whole year, yeah. Yeah, he yes. probably was. But, okay, so that's – okay, so you're taking another shot at Denzel. I just can't believe what Denzel <laughs> listens to his podcast, what he's going to think. <laughs> but, but, like, in terms of, like, okay, but so this year he should be the seventh best defensive player and i just don't think you can pretend that like your seventh best defensive player is irreplaceable so listen if he's awesome and it's like wow they paid for john johnson but john johnson's no ronnie harrison okay then we can talk about it but i I just don't i this is the kind of guy i think you have to be comfortable losing and hoping that richard lecount or random free agent x is ready andrew barry made a great trade for ronnie harrison giving up only a fifth round pick for a potential starter or a guy that will be a very key part of the safety rotation. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen with Grant Delpit this year. Those Achilles injuries are very hard to come back from and return to your previous level. Uh, so it's a little bit of wait and see mode. He looks really good in the workouts uh, posts that we see, and he, he believes he'll be fully ready for, for training camp, but You know, you kind of have to see how this is going to go over the next couple of years. Safety is a premium, premium position in this defense. They love safeties. We know that by now. They love them. Not only that, uh, these guys are sort of hybrid players. Okay, Ronnie Harrison, I think, falls in the same category for the most part as their other safeties where they can do so many different things. They can play, you know, they can play back. They can play up. They can blitz. They can get interceptions. I think he's also got a nose for the ball. And I think that's really, really important. I would pay for that. I would pay a premium for that. I, so therefore, because it is such an important position in this defense and you don't know what Richard's going to be yet, and you don't know what Grant's going to be. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay Ronnie Harrison. And I think he's going to be worth it. So you're, you're for signing him this off season. I would. Yeah. That, right. So, okay. Let me ask you, Doug and Scott, let me ask you this. Let's say Ronnie's agent calls up Andrew Barry and says, hey, you know, we're not looking to break the bank. Can you give us three years at six a year? I have to wait and see what, what, what's going to happen this season. We don't know exactly how Joe Woods is going to use the safeties. We're assuming we're going to see three of them on the field a lot, but we don't know yet. Uh, and no matter how good Ronnie Harrison was last season, I mean, like Doug said, we're talking about him like he's the third best safety on this team. No matter what his agent says, I want to wait and see what Ronnie Harrison is this year. We don't know. He's definitely not going to be the second best defensive player on this team or the third or probably the fourth. And you said he was the second best player on last year's team. You know how like they keep I keep reading this stuff like all these guys, the analytics guys who who do this stuff, they keep getting hired by teams. The ruthless nature of Scott Patsko on this podcast. I think the Browns need him in that room. (laughs) It's like, Ronnie, you were the second best player on the defense last year. I'll pay you a million bucks a year on a three-year contract. We can't go any higher than that. I thought you were going to come out for him, Scott, but like, I think I agree with Scott. And you know what, but I I think this also goes down as a a really uh, shrewd move by, by Andrew Barry. That was a really good trade 
that he made to pick up a guy like that for a fifth round pick. And he was injured last year, as you guys mentioned. And if he can stay healthy, then, you know, I, I think he can be really good. So I'm paying him and I'm paying and, him this offseason. And let's be clear, Ronnie Harrison, I mean, well, he was pretty, he was consistent across the board. He, he had a good year, but the reason he, I, he was one of the best players is because they had so many bad players on that defense last year. That, that was a big part of it too. So it's not like Ronnie Harrison was playing at Miles Garrett level, right. For the whole season. It was, he was kind of like the best of the rest. I do remember, and it's not exactly fair to do this, but there was a time, at least I was doing it where we were talking about like a Demarius Randall extension. And it was like, man, is he on the list of the guys you got to get signed up? And it's like, right. They signed Treader. And then it was like, they had the guys lined up. And it was like, man, I like Demarius Randall is he even in the NFL anymore. Like Demarius Randall fell off a cliff, but there was like a year where he felt really important. And that's not fair to Ronnie Harrison, but I think we, and there's a million examples of that. There's also examples of guys who are awesome. They don't get signed and their price triples because they have a great year. So uh, there was a time when I, I at least personally was very concerned about Demarius Randall's long-term future in Cleveland. And it turns out like it was nothing. Yeah. I'm going to wait on this one at, at, at best. I'm, I'm going to wait. This feels like, a, you know, the more I think about it, this feels like a comp pick waiting to happen too. He's a fifth round pick. You know, you draft a guy behind him. He turns into a comp pick. This is starting to feel a lot like that, but I'm waiting too. So that, that's where we're going to vote uh, on Ronnie Harrison. And we'll, we'll address this one next year. Okay, here's the wild card. David Njoku. He is playing on his fifth year option. What do you approach with Njoku? Do we just need to see what he does this year? There's, is anyone here going to make a case that you got to do something with Njoku? Doing, yeah, do something with Njoku this offseason. I can't even spit it out. <laughs> someone else can go first on this one no no I, I mean you, you got you're trying to figure out what you got from Harrison Bryant you're trying to figure out what leap Austin Hooper makes in year two with Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield I just can't imagine I, I don't even know what a contract extension would look like with David and Joku because I think David and Joku thinks he probably should get 10 million a year and the Browns would be like you should get two million a year and it's like I don't and that's not right. I mean, the whole thing is, I think he believes in his value more than he's been. He's a good player. I just can't, I don't have any idea how they could agree on anything. And if you tagged him, right, he'd go crazy. Wouldn't he be mad? Like he wants to get the free agency and determine his own value and maybe go somewhere else. And I, I, I just think it's one more good year and, for the good of the team, hopefully it's a Super Bowl year for the Browns, and I hope he looks like a pro bowler, and then he can go get a boatload of money. But I just don't think there's any way it can happen. I, if, if, I would love to hear the case for how they would reach an agreement. You know, I mean, I think they need to make him go out and earn his $6 million this year. He's asked out enough and given them enough of a hard time that I don't think that he necessarily just deserves to be rewarded with a contract extension this offseason. He needs to go out and prove that he's not going to be disgruntled, unhappy, wishing he were somewhere else, wishing he needed, could get the ball more. I mean, he needs to go out and earn his $6 million, which is a nice sum of money for a tight end that only caught 19 of 29 targets last year, two touchdowns. Uh, so I would let him go prove what he can do and then go from there. Yeah, knowing that Austin Hooper's contract's really going to jump up over the next couple of years, I don't know that Njoku's in line to get even what he's making now. 
I don't see how you sign him and bring him back, especially after what last year became for him uh, in the, you know, I want to be here. I don't want to be here stuff. So you have Harrison Bryant. And I think this year you hope that he develops into that, that consistent second guy, a jump up from what he was last year. And then, you know, however you want to fill that third spot, fine. I mean, the Browns led the league, I think in 13 personnel last year, I'd, I'd be surprised if that happens again. I think this year, this past year, it might've been just out of like they had three tight ends who could, who could be on the field together and kind of make that work. They, they weren't great in 13 personnel. So I, I just, I don't see the point in, in paying at least two guys a decent sum of money to, to play that position. Is, is this like the first time ever that we've got two sides that just don't want to do a long-term deal with each other? Yeah. Najoku probably wants to hit free agency and make whatever he thinks he's worth. And the Browns are, yeah, hey, let's see what you can do. We'll pay you six million this year. The tag is a hard sell here too. And that would of course be next off season, but uh, that, that would be a, up to $9 million that you'd have to pay him. So, all right, there we go. We did it. We gave the Browns the blueprint. They can send us the check, whatever they have left over after they hand out all that bonus money. They can send it to us and we'll divide it up accordingly. So here's what we decided via vote. We'd wait on Baker. Our videographer, Dave Anderson, broke that tie. Uh, Nick Chubb, we would do. Denzel, we would do. Wyatt Teller, not this offseason. Ronnie Harrison, not this offseason, as well as David Njoku, too. All right, that'll do it for our Friday roundtable edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a football insider. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner up at the top of the page. I told you all about that off the top of the pod. And make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And leave us five-star reviews. I think I saw a couple come in this week. So we want to see more of those. Leave us good five-star reviews and tell us why you love the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So for Doug, Mary Kay, and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.